Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet following the daily news cycle in terms of pop culture, politics, and entertainment of interest to the LGBT community. Today, I get to sit down with international superstar Olivia Newton-John, SOCAN Award winner Amy Skye, and songwriting Hall of Famer Beth Nielsen Chapman about their new collaborative album, Live On. The album is an 11-song collection which focuses on uplifting hearts burdened by grief, while at the same time bringing comfort to the listener. The inspiring new project grew out of the three artists' own personal experiences with loss and illness, which they all survived to live on and celebrate each day with a depth of gratitude. As many people know, loss and grief occur for many reasons, whether it's losing a loved one, a relationship, one's health, a pet, or a job, to name just a few. It's important to remember that each person's grief is as individual as his or her DNA, and there really is no timeline for healing from loss. Olivia, Beth, and Amy called upon their own personal experiences in creating this collection of songs which they hope will aid, uplift, and comfort those who are working their way through the maze of grief and loss. It's a little unusual that three solo artists get together to create an entire album like this. Back in 1987, you may recall a collaborative album by Dolly Parton, Linda Ronstadt, and Emmylou Harris titled Trio, where the three solo artists traded off the lead vocals on songs, traded off on harmonies, and it became a huge smash hit for them back in 1987. Actually, there was a follow-up in 1999 titled Trio 2. I think this album seems to fall very much in that same vein of these three world-class artists coming together and losing ego and just trading off on the vocals, on the songwriting, on the harmonies, and it's truly an artful and moving album. I was fortunate to get time to speak with the three artists off and on during their recording of the album because it was actually recorded here in Las Vegas at the Palm Recording Studios while Olivia was performing her residency at the Flamingo. Before we speak to the three ladies, I want to start with one of the most beautiful songs on the album. This is called Immortality. Shine at night Do not 
Thank you, Amy, Beth, and Olivia, for being here today and talking about this terrific new project, Live On. The first question I have is, how do you all connect to each other? I'm aware of one of you co-writing songs with another or one of you producing for the other, but this is the first time I understand that the three of you have actually worked on the same project at the same time. Is that right, Beth? I'll go, because I'm yes. the interrupter. I might as well interrupt myself. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about me. Um, actually, I go way back with Olivia um, in the year 2000. Well, we met before that. We'd um, worked together and, and known some mutual people, friends in the music business in Nashville. And when I was diagnosed with breast cancer in the year 2000, she's one of the first people that called me. And she was an amazing friend. She helped me in those few days where things were spinning out of control. I remember you gave me the home phone number of your oncologist. She's like one of the top oncologists. I'm crying now in uh, in L.A. on a Sunday afternoon, so I could say, "What do I do?" Anyway, she was one of my angels during that period of time. Amy and I, I think we had had sort of a parallel uh, life. Go Everybody would say, "Do you know Amy Sky? Do you know Amy Sky?" And for years we didn't meet each other, and then we met each other, and we had this hilarious dinner where we. And you did that too, and so we had this parallel uh, career parallel path. lives. Yeah, yeah. You, you were, yeah. I was like the Canadian. You were like the American version of the exact same career path. We were same producers. Same producers. <laughs> we were both produced by Barry Beckett. Right. Our very first CDs. Whose son Mark is playing, playing drums oh on this record. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Yeah. So I know. So, small. so many and then connections. We met. You explain that because you're good with years and I'm not. Yes, you know what? It, it's actually amazing. I'm, I'm, I moved to Los Angeles in 1986. <laughs> and um, Olivia and I, our lawyers, were, were partners. And you had just had Chloe in 1987, right? right? And you were, she was born in 86. Yeah, so. so the next project you were working on was The Rumor and you wanted to write. And I think it was the first project where you said, like, I want to tell my story. Mm -hmm. And so you were looking for female collaborators. And I got a, a message on my answering machine, which I recorded and I still kept. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was 26 years old. And I was like, I turned my answering machine. Um, Hi, Amy, it's Olivia. Uh, you? <laughs> and I'm like, what? What? <laughs> oh, so excited. And we wrote a bunch of stuff for the album, The Rumor, mm -hmm. including Talk About Tomorrow and a song called Winter Angel. Yeah, and uh, we became friends. And and then you moved back to Australia for a long time. I moved back to I Toronto. Right. And we lost touch until 2004 when you came to Toronto to play. That's right. We connected, and you were working on an album, which the three of us actually all worked on, Stronger Than Before. Oh, that's right. And um, you said you were looking for empowering songs for women because it was an album about supporting people through a breast cancer journey. But I don't think you we even met during that. We did so there was this during whole that. album going on that I was participating in. You were over there and I was, anyway, yeah. So and so, yeah, I, I produced three songs on that record and then I was listening to the other songs and I was like, who wrote that song Stronger Than Before? That song is so good. I hate that person. <laughs> <laughs> It yeah, was and, Beth. And, and Beth and um, Beth, Beth in the third yeah. person, and Annie Roboff and yes. I uh, yes. went and wrote with you in your beautiful yeah, home. Yeah, we wrote it together. And then, yeah. gosh, I know, it's amazing connections. I'm hearing all these stories. I'm remembering so many things. And then I asked Amy to um, produce, write and produce an album with me. What year was that? Grace and Gratitude Grace and was Gratitude. 2005, I think. 2005, yeah, that's right. After amazing. I'd been through a really difficult time. And I wanted to write a story about my journey. <clears throat> and so it was a, an amazing, amazing time making that up. It's an amazing record. <clears throat> how we got through that. I think a lot of vodka was involved. There was definitely. <laughs> in the writing and recording, if I remember. Pomegranate martinis, yes. <laughs> it was our secret. Only tea, really. Oh, you really don't want me doing that in the studio. <laughs> mm. 
But that was an amazing experience, and then um, how we got here is really wonderful. Well, I don't know how you guys maybe had a conversation, but I remember several months back, or oh, it's been a year now, um, getting a phone call from you, Olivia, saying, would you be interested in making this, doing this project with me and Amy Skye? And I went, Amy Skye, I know, I don't know Amy, but I loved it. We'd met, but we didn't really spend any time together. And, and when you told me about this project and the idea behind it, of course, we all have our stories of going through loss, you know, and I knew that it would be so super powerful. Um, and it has been an amazing, powerful experience. Yeah, it has. Really I, was, I jumped at the. I jumped no, at the that's thing. fine. Yeah, I'm so happy you did. It really started with losing my sister a couple of years ago, and I wanted to write a song about her and about losing her, and because music is my therapy always, I always write songs to get me through. And Amy helped me with grace and gratitude, and I was also going through a very difficult time, and that album got me through a lot of stuff. So I called Amy about that, and we wrote a song together. And Amy was very involved in a lot of um, people going through difficulty postpartum depression after having children and we started talking about grief and what a commonality it was of grief and and you were saying you know there's not enough to help people through music wise and I'd written this song for my sister and Amy uh, and I wrote it together and she introduced me to a friend and I put it down as a track and then all my friends wanted this song so I was telling Amy people want this song that I wrote and it was a, a very simple very personal song for me we started talking, and Amy was saying, you know, there's not enough music about this. And I, I hung up the phone with her, and I had one of those flash moments, and I said, <laughs> we need to do an album about this, and we should ask Beth to be a part of that. It was just the like... The queen of grief yeah. and bereavement. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I, but I had recorded your song, or oh, sung your song, yes. Sand and Water, so yeah. many times, which is one of the most beautiful songs ever written oh. about grieving, and it's just the most stunning song. So you were the obvious person to get on board. We're not stupid. <laughs> but... I didn't realize, we didn't realize till we started looking to where you were because we needed to find you. We couldn't find you in the beginning, you were traveling or something, that you were doing these grief uh, yeah, weekends I and mean, we didn't know that. So it was like, wow, what amazing timing. Well, when that album came out in 97, Sand and Water, I mean, it was just, it was a pretty iconic time. It was right after Mother Teresa had died and, and Diana had died and, and I became identified a bit with that subject. So there have been a lot of co grief conferences and various, you know, singing for groups of people from hospice and... You know, when you've gone through that kind of loss and you've sort of transformed, as we all have in our own music mostly, um, you, you don't really, you, you didn't voluntarily sign up for, for being any kind of an expert on it, but you do have a bit of a sense about how to do it. And I know I, I know all of you probably have had this experience when, when a woman calls me up and says, I've just got diagnosed with breast cancer. I remember calling a woman who I didn't know and freaking out on the phone, and I, and I always tell someone who calls me and says, I, what do I do? I say, you know, I give them whatever advice. And I say, there's going to be a day when somebody's going to call you, and I want you to remember this. I want you to think about that day because you you have a very good chance of being very well. And, you know, like that looking forward, mm -hmm. that's what has been so powerful about this project because we, we, we have gone deep into sadness to pull the emotion into this music. But the final feeling of this record from one end of the spectrum to the other is an incredible sense of moving forward and one of the iconic songs that I've been so thrilled to be a part of this is the song Live On. Live On was um, actually something that um, I came up with the idea for out of an idea from my hospital campaign that we're going to be doing in the future. I said we've got to write a song for this because I think it's such a great name because I know that Rona, my sister, would want me to live on for her. That would be something she would want. And as time goes on, you're able to see that. In the beginning, you can't see it. It's too painful and you, you almost feel, as I said before, guilty about feeling that it's okay to do stuff. But, you know, life, I remember with my mother, she didn't really believe in anything particularly spiritual. She was uh, agnostic and her father was a scientist. And, but she'd say, darling, I believe that we live on in our children. You know, we live on in our, in other, in our children and people that come after us. And I thought that was kind of a beautiful way to think about it you know so the song is about grief for me but leave it in the past you know move forward in your life and live on and it's okay it's okay to be sad but live you know because every moment is a gift for everybody
this morning Grateful for the gift of one more day The light of hope is dawning It fills my heart and lifts my fears away Sometimes there's a miracle just beyond the pain When you can see the rainbow in the rain Live on, live on Rise, the skies will calm again Cry the tears you cry and then strangely enough, who said to me one day, you know, I, I lost my son, and I went back to work a week later, and they expected me to be, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you over it? And I, mm -hmm. I was traumatized for this poor person that there was no compassion. I think for people to understand that grief is such a personal thing for everybody. Yeah. And another one of my friends who lost her husband said, you know, the Europeans, the Greeks have it right, the Italians, they wear black <laughs> for a year, and people understand, I'm in grief, I'm mm -hmm. in mourning, please let me be, and don't expect me to be life at the party. Mm -hmm. and there's something to that, that mm -hmm. we need to respect people's grief and understand they may want to be alone. They, you know, it's a, it's a process, and I hope that these songs are going to help people now, understand. Now, I have to say, when, when, um, when I wrote Sand and Water, you know, the way that song got written was, um, my husband was dying of cancer, and he was very good friends with Rodney Crowell, and he, you know, Rodney Krause is an incredible artist and songwriter and a good friend of ours. And he had a little meeting with Rodney a few weeks before he passed. And he said, give her about a month and call her up and say, I'm going to uh, 
be there at two and we're going to write a song together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my husband was telling him, you know, she will have put the guitar in the closet thinking she now has to be a single mom and she can't, doesn't have time to be a musician, blah, blah, blah. You call her up, Rodney Crowell, you call her up and she will, uh, her grief will be out, overrun by her ego and she will get the guitar out of the closet, <laughs> which I did. And I wrote that song in about 20 minutes and I just went, wow. boom, you know. And I remember Rodney coming over and I still didn't even understand if it made any sense. And he was like, don't touch a word of that. And, and at that time, of course, I'd, I had been married for 16 years. I couldn't imagine ever moving forward and meeting another person and getting married again. And, and you know, many years after uh, Ernest died, I met someone and fell in love. And, and I remember having this conversation with my husband before he passed. Mm. And he said, look, the heart is an accordion, your favorite instrument. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't ha you don't have to move that person's room anywhere. It can stay in your heart just as it was. And then it just opens wider. And love just gets it just more and more room for more That's love. Mm -hmm. And I just remember feeling, you know, I've said that a lot in my shows. When I, I'll do Sand and Water, and then I'll do a song I wrote for my husband, Bob, that I'm married to now. Mm. And, and, you know, the, the thing about grief is it's like when you're in the middle of it, you don't imagine that you can see yourself not in the middle of it. Yeah. And having that touching in with music like this and people that have been there, I think is the greatest thing for people that are going through it is to have a sense of hopefulness that someday yeah. you'll be the one that somebody calls and says, hey, I just found out mm. I'm not well. And so, yeah, it's, it's an amazing journey.
process because three world-class singer-songwriters sitting here, all as individual artists, much of your careers, but the three of you coming together, I think collaboration is one of my favorite things in the world, but what I always find and I celebrate is the difference in creative process. Were you aware of difference? <laughs> <laughs> they weren't or they wouldn't have asked me, probably. You might want to turn the camera off for this part. So can you talk a bit about the process, how you found you met? Did you find some people had a certain more organized way. Some people had a random way. Did you? I'll talk she's about the great, it. She's the, she's the great Olivia. You go. We're an Oreo, you know. She's the soft part, and we're like, but. And she's like, but. It was magical. I have to say, it was magical. We had what three days? We wrote five songs, I think, in those three days, mm -hmm. and we just inspired each other. There was some kind of magic going on. Yeah. Amy's extremely organized and everything's written out Thank and God. planned. Thank God, because, you know. And Beth has a different way of doing it. it That's really very kind amazing. of you to put it that way, Olivia. I kind of in the middle and kind of go, okay, girls, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's have lunch and have a couple Beth, of Beth, you come down off the wall. You come down off the ceiling, Beth, yeah. and Amy. And so uh, it somehow just blended together. It was just magical. Those few days, it was. we had all these ideas of <laughs> topics that we wanted to get across and we discussed topics and what, what are the themes we want to talk about that affect everyone. And I think we, I think we covered it, the spectrum. Yeah. We even yeah. talked about, you know, losing a family member or a friend or moving house or losing a job or there are many, many different forms of grief. There's also losing a pet, which is just as special for people and just mm -hmm. as important as losing anyone in your family. So we've covered all that. And I know there's many more to come. There's maybe Apple one. I don't know. <laughs> but it was a, a beautiful healing process. And these girls are just amazing writers. So I was just so thrilled to. I mean, well, I often of start with just the sound. I just start messing around, hitting a chord. And then I, I think you kind of do that too because... Well, we kind of all did that. We Sometimes just we had a just, line or a mm -hmm. first line or a couple of chords. We did a lot of blurting out and going, what, what did you just say? You know, I don't know. What did I say? And then we <laughs> have to go back and literally find out what we just said. Because yeah. the thing about creative flow to me is that it, sometimes it's just this great force that comes from something wiser than us. And we, it comes through us. And we just we get these things that are on the way to what it finally is. And, and I just trust that it's this we're getting a lot of help. It's not just the three of us writing a song. And it felt that way a lot to me. I think know. we all felt like we were channeling mm -hmm. um, a lot a lot of wisdom. And, um, and and conversation has such a huge part to, uh, to do with the process because we were sitting and writing and drinking and eating and mm -hmm. not drinking tea. Taking walks. And the, <laughs> taking walks together. And uh, in, the, in, the, in, in the dialogue about what our, our mutual experiences, and like I remember one of the first songs we wrote was You Don't Know What to Say. And we were actually talking about, let's write a song about how you don't know what to say to a person mm -hmm. when, when they've lost someone, because that's the hardest thing. We didn't have a title at that point. And I'd gone on the internet and I'd found this thing, a grief site, where like everything you shouldn't say to someone who has <laughs> lost someone. <laughs> some really doozy. Yeah, it's crazy things. And so we were like digging and digging, like, what could we call this song? And, be, and we were just like, because you just don't know what to say. And, they were, well, and then we looked at each other and went, <laughs> well, that's the song. And then title. I thought, George Jones, you know, you don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. Yeah. And that got us this boom. You yeah. know, the, the song was written so fast. Yeah. I mean, we were just ping pong balls yeah. writing that song. Yeah. You don't know what to say You don't know what to do When life delivers this The right words don't exist The 
Technology these days, I know a lot of albums are made with artists scattered all around the world. For instance, Amy in Toronto, Beth, you're in Nashville, Olivia, you've been in Las Vegas and LA. Is this one of those projects where technology played a big part, or did you really feel that you had to be together? It's yeah. more about being together, which I think it was really necessary for this mm-hmm. sensitive a subject. Mm-hmm. You know, we needed to be together. Or, I know, and I have to say, I mean, I, I just love Olivia Newton-John as an artist like years before I ever got to meet her and the idea that I would have ever been working with her is still I'm pinching myself but there are times when because I've gotten used to knowing her now and there's times in the studio when the headphones come on and I hear that voice and I go oh my god that's Olivia Newton-John <laughs> I mean I have I have like a a moment of oh right you know it's really been such a thrill and and you know she's she's just got this iconic beautiful voice that Never did You're I think kind. I would. I'll pay you later. <laughs> I feel the same about both of these girls. They're just so brilliant in their in their talents. I mean, the songs that come out of them, the voices that come out of them. Beth's songs, Amy's songs are so fantastic. And I'm just thrilled to be in the middle of this Oreo cookie. Mm. <laughs> All songwriters, um, I think, on a certain level, were a little competitive with each other. Not like in a in a in a backstabbing way. Just like there's a there's a professional envy when someone does something better than you you know you wish like oh why didn't i think of that you know and um and yet when someone is so sublimely talented as you are it, the envy there's a whole layer on top of that which is just awe really admiration, admiration and awe and i am in such real truly admiration of your talent and it's been fascinating for me to work with you to see like how does somebody write songs that good and what I realize now is it's not the work of one person you have many people inside your head that's true <laughs> that's actually true no, and, they, and they all because yesterday morning Matilda came in and she <laughs> had this whole dream about there needed to be a whole other verse and stone in my pocket and by the time they got here at 10 o'clock I had had uh, Rob, create a second verse, and I'd written the second verse, and I'd sung the second verse, so I was like, I hope they now, like I've it. I've learned such a lot from you, <laughs> and from, always from Amy. We've worked together, and she's amazing, but I've learned such a lot from you about songwriting and about not accepting the first thing that comes into your head, and no, that's crappy, that doesn't sound <laughs> right, and, and accepting that as a, that's a good thing, you know, because sometimes you, you, as you say, your ego holds on to the first thing you've thought of, and you, in, you know, insist on I'm going away from perfection, but excellence. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So, and I've learned an awful lot from you about that and your integrity with yeah. your writing and your your beauty and the way you hear things. It's oh, thanks. Both of you are brilliant. I'm just a lucky one. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a good chemistry. And I want to just say, as we were talking about this, an image came into my mind when you said, how do we get along and are we different? And I realized that you and I are kind of like sand and water. That's true. Sand is kind of like organized and granular, like that's me, and water is just kind of going with the flow. <laughs> and you are like a beautiful sky that is above that's us that holds right. us together. That's <laughs> right. Oh, I like it. Uh, I the poor man question. can't get a word in that. Right. Well, you're covering all You can just yell questions. over us. Oh, good, I know, good. I know. Well, because you're taking me right where I want to go. In addition to the new songs you've written, can we just talk about the fact that you have re- recorded new versions of some really, really terrific songs, Grace and Gratitude that I know, and Sand and Water. Can you talk about revisiting those? Well, for me, Sand and Water was something I had approached like, oh boy, I mean, because I, I, that was a very important record for me. Rodney Crowell produced 
and I just had to step back and let him do what he did. And I, it was one of the first times I ever really got out of the way and, and, and allowed myself to be produced without throwing in. And I was so pleased with how it came out. And I wanted to honor that original version, but I, I didn't want to do a replica of it. And the day before, we had recorded um, You Don't Know What to Say, which is a beautiful, sensitive song that it's like one of those songs that you want the bones of drums on, but you don't want to be aware that there are drums on. And that's kind of what I wanted for Sand and Water. And, I mean, Mark just played it so beautifully. I, the first thing I thought of is I've got to do Sand and Water. I was going to do Sand and Water kind of back in Nashville and kind of build a track and try to just do it really carefully and be in control of everything. And I realized, gosh, it's like I'm sitting here in this luxury of musical talent and I'm an idiot to do that um, and I just I came in early the next morning and just we laid it down it was so effortless and I'm I'm so I couldn't be happier with with how beautiful it came out and That's their gorgeous. voices singing harmony is just beyond you know. it was your first vocal wasn't it I think it is just yeah, like one just take and yeah. the harmonies just send it through the heavens um, and grace and gratitude which has always been one of my favorite songs that you guys wrote that, again, is a gorgeous record. In fact, you've, you've done a couple of different versions of it over the years, mm. and I'm like, who does that? You know, who dares to redo? But I just love the way it came out the other day. It was just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, we, yeah and uh, I think in the, in the original version, it was part of a, a concept that was really designed to be the Grace and Gratitude album, more of a meditation experience, sort mm. of one mood. And then doing Grace and Gratitude live all these years, Olivia has brought more more energy, I think, to it. And we wanted to find a happy medium between that and with her band. We took it into a kind of rootsier, but kind of a spiritual place. I wanted a, an, a, an or, organic feeling to what the band did. And we had done that song and, uh, <clears throat> and captured, I think, a, a new interpretation of it. possible that some people who hear the theme of the album about grief and loss might get the impression that this is a collection of sad songs or it's a downer or something like that. And it's not. I've heard the songs myself. I love the entire album. Can you speak to the fact that that's not really the energy or the intent behind that? 
Well, I think the album, you know, we called it Live On because one, it's one of the songs that we wrote that we thought was really important because often when you're grieving for someone, and the three of us have gone through a lot of grief, and so we were able to come together with a lot of understanding and knowledge and wisdom of what grief is about, that you know that that person that you have lost, particularly someone that you're close to and loves you, wants you to move on. In your time, of course, but, you know, live on, enjoy life. For me, for you, you know, life is such a gift, and that is something that we all acknowledge, that life is such a gift every day, every moment, because you just don't know what life is going to bring, so really make the most of it. And even in, even in my darkest moments, I've always been able to appreciate the birds singing or a blue sky or a sunset or something in nature that is just God's gift to you and you you need to acknowledge that and accept that beauty and not feel guilty for it. And I think that um, this album is uplifting. It also allows you to cry and it allows you to grieve and I think it, it's okay. And I think a lot of society now, everything is so quick and people expected to recover and get over stuff quickly and the fact is that grief is a process that is different for everybody it could take years it could take months for you to be able to cope i see it of kind of like a chest of drawers and you you have things in there that are really hard to deal with and you open the drawers one by one as you can deal with them and look at what's in there and and cope with it and then close it when you need to because you can't keep them open all the time it's too difficult with this album i think it's a piece of music that will allow you to cry, will allow you to smile, will allow you to acknowledge that you're not alone, will allow you that it's okay to feel that how you're feeling and it's okay that you want to live on and live on for that person. I know, you know, with my, my sister uh, passing, there are very difficult times in those first few months when you lose someone that you love and you're used to speaking to every day and you, you can't imagine a world without them and not being able to speak to them every day. And you, a little bit of you feels guilty for being here when they're not. And this is all part of a, a process that is normal. And I think people often don't understand that those are normal feelings. And I think this album will give them a place to go to listen to and realize that other people feel the same. I think there'll be a community that we will tap into that we're not even aware of that needs help. I mean, Beth, I know, has done a lot of grief counseling weekends, so she's aware of this. But I think... A lot of people are in pain, whether it's from loss of people, just from the world, what's going on in the world. It's very difficult to see the pain in, that people are going through. Just some scary things that are going on, or it could be losing uh, a job, losing a lifestyle, losing your beauty, losing, you know, getting older. There's lots of things that are to grieve in life, but it's all part of life and it's part of a process and to find that beauty and move forward. I think the album will help with that. And we covered as many bits of it, but there are many millions more bits of it that are not there, but I think we've covered some pretty important ones. There are several new songs on the album that I'd love to talk about a little bit. Can we start with Don't Know What to Say? Well, You Don't Know What to Say came out of exactly that discussion over breakfast. We say, you know, uh, a friend of Amy's, we were sitting there in the writing process for this CD at my, at my house. One of Amy's friends had lost their child, or the child had lost their parent, rather, sorry. And she said, what do you say? I don't know what to say. And that really kind of sparked something else when we wrote that song, because very often you don't know. You know, I, I probably hear from at least once a week lately somebody either that had, is ill or is dying. I've lost three friends in the last week. And I think as you get older, this does happen. It's the process in life. I remember with my mother, she got... As she got really old, she got really sad because she lost a lot of people that she loved. And I think very often, you, you, what can you say to somebody? I'm sorry, my heart goes out to you, which is another one of our songs that we wrote, because that's all you can say to someone. I'm thinking of you, I feel for you, but you don't really know what to say because you, you can't understand their grief. You just let them know you're there for them. And I think um, those songs really touch on those very difficult to say moments. One of the more upbeat songs on the album is titled Stone in My Pocket. Olivia, can you tell us about the song? Stone in My Pocket was actually inspired by my friend Martha who's standing behind you, who was 
I don't remember, we were on a walk and she said something about, gosh, it just, you know, this grief, you, you cope, but it feels like you just have a stone in your pocket. And I thought, oh, what a great title, can I use that? So I gave that to the girls as like an inspiration because it was such a great name. And um, it is, it's like you're carrying a little weight around with you all the time. And, you know, some days it feels really heavy and some days it feels really light. And it's always there and sometimes you forget it's there and then you'll dig down and, oh, yeah, I forgot that feeling or something will spark a memory. And it's all part of gaining wisdom and gaining experience in life. And everyone goes through, whether it's a pet. I mean, as many people are sad about losing a pet than they are about losing a relative because it's your family. It's something you love. I think that song is inspiring, but it does explain, you know, I go to work, I, I act like everything is okay, and people write me letters and cards, but do they really know what I'm going through? Um, they, do they really understand my pain? And I think a lot of people feel they have to hide it because you socially want to be accepted. So it's a very difficult place to be sometimes when you're in mourning because you, you don't quite know how to fit in. But it's okay, and people need to understand. It's okay if you want to go and sit on your own and spend, not come out to the party with your friends, and just let people be compassionate for that and have understanding and be there for them. There's a stone in my pocket that bears your name. holiday season and there's actually a song on Live On that has a Christmas theme to it, isn't there? Beth wrote this amazing song called There's Still My Joy. It was actually Mark, Mark Hartley's idea to have a Christmas song involved in this record because around people 
very sad around Christmas. I remember a lot of my friends either lost loved ones around Christmas or just they weren't there at Christmas and Thanksgiving and those holidays where you really miss those people that you're close to. So this song is just so stunning about, you know, I'm really sad and my heart is empty. And I totally felt the song when I was singing it. But there's still my joy of Christmas Day and this tiny child, this beautiful light in the world, changed the world, that one tiny child. There's still my joy for Christmas Day. I thought it was just the most inspiring song. That even in the pain and the sadness of being alone, you can still find joy in something special and a unique day. I couldn't agree more. And as my regular readers know, I love Christmas music. So I want to close out this episode of The Randy Report with that song. So at this point, I want to thank Olivia Newton-John, Beth Nielsen-Chapman, and Amy Skye for joining me today. Remember, the name of the album is Live On. It's available at all digital downloads. You can go get it now. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover pop culture, politics, and entertainment of interest to the LGBT community. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And this is There's Still My Joy. I brought my tree down to the shore The garland and the silver star To find my peace and grieve no more To heal this place inside my heart On every breath I laid some bread And hungry birds filled up the sky They rang like bells around my head They sang my spirit back to life One tiny child can change the world Shining light can show the way Through all my tears for what I've lost There's still my joy There's still my joy for Christmas Day The snow comes down on empty sand there's tinsel moonlight on the waves My soul was lost, but here I am So this must be amazing grace One tiny child can change the world One shining light can show There's still my joy for Christmas Day. There's still my joy for Christmas Day.